exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team, Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now, from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 630 Shed. James Neal shooting down the Edmonton Oilers tonight. He gets three, all three, for the visiting Nashville Predators who knock off the Oilers three, two goal scorers for Edmonton. Jordan Eberle in the first period. Iro Pakarinen, first goal since January 19th in the second frame. Both of those goals gave the Oilers the edge, but both leads very short-lived. Neil got a breakaway goal just a minute 16 after Everly made it one nothing, and then his goal in the second period just 20 seconds after Packerinen's goal, and then the winner with 15:42 left in the third. A night where Laurent Brassois played goal for the Edmonton Oilers, and uh, quite frankly, the second goal for sure by Neil has to be stopped. It was a outside shot, short side flying in over his glove, and that was a big one tonight as the Oilers continue their struggles on home ice with just one win in their last nine at Rexall Place. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you. Thanks for tuning in. Terry Pranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Rob, a lot to talk about tonight. I'll ask you the blunt question right off the top. Was this a goaltending loss for the Oilers? Well, uh, it was a goaltending duel that the Edmonton Oilers lost. I think Pekka Rene was better than uh, Brassois. Brassois should have had probably two of the three goals. Um, I, I, I know that Neil's got a fantastic shot, and, and both the long-range shots that he had were, fa were missiles. He fired them great. He put it where he wanted, but still, they need to be saved. And Brassois, uh, it's a big difference playing in the American Hockey League coming up here, and there's no one in the, the American Hockey League that shoots like James Neal. Nobody. And he hasn't played a lot up in the National Hockey League. He's seen practice, but it's different. And he probably uh, would have liked to have had those back, and I'm sure he's going to watch video on it, and he's going to talk to Dustin Schwartz, the goalie coach, about it, and he's going to learn from it. But, yeah, I, I believe that the, the biggest reason that the Edmonton Oilers did not win tonight is Pekka Rene was better than Laurent Brassois. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. We're going to go into the Oilers dressing room right away and hear from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. We'll get to him in about 30 seconds. Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Connor McDavid, a couple of times, Rob, a tandem on the penalty kill. Uh, it, I could tell you when the uh, when they were out there, the Nashville Predators were very aware of it, and their, their defensemen were not pinching in. They were backing up very quickly. Uh, I don't know if you use them all the time, but if there's a, a close game or, or you're trailing and you want to get a you want to get a jump on or try and get a shorthanded goal, throw them out there because it's a great equalizer when you're penalty killing. You have a McDavid on the ice that, with one bad bounce, has got a breakaway. So he, he strikes fear, and when you're on a power play and you're a little worried about the penalty killers, it takes away from part of your power play. So I would imagine we're going to see that pair. Uh, throughout the remainder of the regular season, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see a shorthanded goal or two. All right, the Oilers fall 3-2 to the Predators. Let's go for some post-game reaction. Nugent Hopkins, courtesy of GCL Diesel, for all things Diesel. Oh, Ryan, uh, you know, compared to, to last game, I know it's a similar result, but did you guys feel like the effort level better response from your group? Uh, yeah, I thought it was a lot better. I mean, again, I thought we had lots of chances. Um, 
bear. We got a couple at least tonight, but not, not enough to win, obviously. But they're a hard-working team, and I thought we did a pretty good job of breaking them down a little bit. Um, just would have been nice to tie it up or, or get that go-ahead in the third. Well, speaking of the go-ahead, you guys did have two go-ahead goals, and but they had two quick responses. How tough is it to give up those those uh, equalizers that quick after taking the lead? Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, um, in the past, I'd say it kind of deflated us, but uh, I think this year we've done a bit better job of uh, not getting down on ourselves when they do tie it up or uh, they, they get ahead by a goal. But uh, after we saw that, we kept pushing, but um, unfortunately, couldn't get that one. It wasn't over the top, but it seemed like uh, there was some chippiness to that game a lot after the whistle stuff. Yeah, I think when you, you get to this point of the season, I mean, um, teams are fighting for playoff spots. Teams are fighting for positions in the, in playoffs. So um, every point's uh, huge, obviously, and um, we want to finish off hard, too. So there's not going to be any lack of compete from us. So. Um, um, I think around this time of year, it's going to be a little chippy, a little bit, a uh, little bit rough. And just for you personally, your second game back, how'd you feel? Uh, I felt pretty good. Um, I could have played a little bit better um, offensively, but um, I think I just got to kind of get back into the groove of things. Um, no excuses, but I um, just want to keep moving forward here. Got a good home stand. Ten games left, so just want to finish off strong. Thanks, Ryan. Reed, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. All right, thanks a lot. Brendan Ulrich working the Oilers dressing room tonight. The Oilers fall 3-2 to the Predators. You can reach us, 780-496-0063. We have Nick on the line this evening. Nick, thank you for calling. Hi. Yeah, go ahead, man. Well, you know, we've been watching this team all year long, um, and I've got to say, I'm not too impressed with the coaching. Like we, we hear it again and again, all oh, the players aren't good enough, the players don't do their jobs, the players can't execute. But the reality is, some of the coaching decisions we've seen this year have been brutal, and they have no power play. Their breakout looks like something out of midget double B. It's just awful. Well, the power play is uh, a huge concern, and that's uh, and that's definitely the coaching is, is a big part of that. What specifically about the, the breakout has been bothering you? There's sometimes when you watch, the other team knows the Oilers breakout better than they do. They're waiting around the side of the board. They just pick it up, and it, they just can never get out of their own end. And, you know, part of that is execution for sure. They got some young defensemen. They don't know what they're doing. But part of that is coaching. McClellan's had him now for an entire year. I would expect that a top-level NHL coach would have these guys playing better. You look at Babcock in Toronto, he's got Toronto playing way better with way less talent than the Oilers have. So I think for next year, yeah, maybe he keeps his job, but he needs to step it up too because I don't think it's been a spectacular year coaching-wise. Okay, well, I, well, I mean, I, I disagree with you, Nick. I mean, obviously, that's uh, when the team loses, everything is going to be up up for debate for sure. I, I don't think Todd McClellan has done a bad job overall. Um, he's no better than Aikens, though. He's no better than Nelson. Well, he's, he's, he's a way no better coach than, than Dallas Aikens. He's a way better coach than Dallas Aikens. I mean, no, but the results aren't any different. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, okay, but if you're saying it's only results, then Mike Babcock's the worst coach in the league. Like you just said, he's a good coach, but his results have been bad, and they're in last yeah, but place. Yeah, everybody off of that team. He's got guys who are... Yeah, you but know, you can't have it both guys. ways. Either you're arguing results or you're not. Well, I would have expected with the talent the Oilers have and a coach that's supposed to be top flight, that they would have had at least a shot at making the playoffs. But the, you know, you're talking about the talent the Oilers have. This is the same talent that has been in the bottom three for the last six years. So I, I I don't know how you can say with the talent the Oilers have this is a talent this is a team whose talent every year is in the bottom three. 
Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, they got some they got some holes, but I think good coaches make players better, and I don't feel that McClellan has made the Oilers' players necessarily better. I don't think Hall is necessarily better than he was last year. I don't think, you know, everybody's been injured, sure, but even some of the other guys, I don't think they're necessarily better guys than they were last year. Yeah, well, I mean, look, when they're in 29th, you, you, can, you can argue anything. Uh, uh, Nick, thanks for calling. I wouldn't focus on the coaching to that extent, but I mean, look, once again, they're uh, one of the worst teams in the league, uh, what, just four points ahead of the Leafs. Both Calgary and Winnipeg won tonight. Uh, the, the Oilers, the Flames, and the Leafs, pardon me, the Oilers, the Flames, and the Jets all had the same number of points coming into tonight's game, though the Oilers were last anyway because they've played more games. 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. The Oilers get two tonight. That means a $100 donation courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world, to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. The total now 8550 Bucks got a text here to 630-630 from James who says, I hate to criticize Connor McDavid, but I have noticed a lot of times when he rushes to the net, he will lay the puck softly in front instead of making a hard pass. Do you think this is a bad habit left over from Junior? Uh, no. No, I don't. I think he, he decides what he needs to do, whether it needs to be a hard pass or a soft pass. I I don't question any decision making he's made. I know that tonight someone questioned whether or not he he should shoot more when he's coming in off the the rush, and the next time he comes down he makes a sweet little fake, passes it over to Eberle, a soft pass, and it goes in the net. So, um, no, I, there's I think there's times in the middle of the ice where players sometimes make soft passes and then get you into trouble, but around the net you've got to decide which is the best. Sometimes you, you, you throw it hard. Sometimes you need a little deft little touch on it. Uh, no, I haven't seen anything with this puck on Carter McDavid's stick where I think he's making bad decisions. Oilers fall 3-2 to the Nashville Predators. James Neal with a hat trick. He's the first star tonight. Roman Yossi, the second star. Leon Dreisaitl, the third star of the game. Rob and I always hand out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. You can try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com. Well, you know, uh, one of the players that we, we saw on a different line tonight uh, was Packer Rainen, who hadn't scored in forever. And tonight he, he plays on uh, a line with Hall and with Dreisaitl and was the beneficiary of a great Dreisaitl pass. He put the puck in the net. He didn't play a whole lot, only played about 12 minutes, but I thought he was effective. He did what he needed to do, scored a goal for the Oilers. At that time, a big goal, so my four-star is going to be Eero Packer Rainen. All right, 780-496-0063. You can also text us to 63630 on Twitter. You can get me at Reed Wilkins. Uh, Mitch says in regards to uh, the line combinations and some of the mixing and matching in the third period, obviously uh, Everly, Nugent Hopkins, and McDavid got some shifts. Uh, Yakupov was with Hall and Dreisaitl for a shift. Mitch said this is a problem with McClellan. Things don't work, and then he expects a miracle. Why not start the team off right in terms of maybe put, you know, loading up the lines at the beginning of the game? Well, I, I think the big reason that they haven't loaded up and put Nugent Hopkins in the top six yet is they were trying to f let him find his game. Uh, obviously, when you're playing in the top six, a lot of pressure that those lines have to produce. He was out for a long period of time. He's trying to get his timing. He's even talked about the fact that it's uh, coming back from an injury. It, it takes a little while. I would expect that for the St. Louis game that Nugent Hopkins will be playing on one of the top two lines. I would think it would be with uh, Dreisettle and Hall. 
uh, with Nugent Hopkins playing center. Um, but uh, as for switching the lines up, I mean, this is a team that's only scored two goals in its last three home games. Uh, Todd McClellan's trying anything to find something to get going. They need a little bit of a spark. And uh, I, he, Todd's not the only coach that goes out and does this. Teams all over the league, when things aren't going well, try to get a spark by throwing players all over the place and seeing if something can work for them. Uh, and tonight, they just weren't able to find that third goal. I thought they, they worked hard tonight and just were unfortunate to not come away with at least one point and uh, it was a goalie duel that the Edmonton Oilers lost and because of that they lose the game 3-2. All right just want to read some texts here to uh, 630. Uh, this texter says I uh, literally had to pull over to text this. The caller who questioned McClellan is probably the same person calling for the coach's head the last six years. The coaches have been changing. The players have been the same. What's the common denominator? Another texter says, again, you guys single out the goaltending. Not a surprise. The superstars, again, never answered the bell. Perhaps they should put up a better fight during the game rather than at the end of the game. Nurse's return will make a big difference. Well, you're right. We often have singled out the goaltending over the last two months because it's often been Cam Talbot yeah. playing uh, outstanding. Uh, I, I don't remember the last time we questioned the goaltending. I mean, tonight there was two goals that should have been saved. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if if uh, Taylor Hall was the worst player on the ice, those two goals still should have been saved. And the goaltending has been spectacular for the Oilers for the last six to eight weeks. Unfortunately, tonight this was a game that the Oilers could have won, and uh, Bressois just wasn't as good as he needed to be. Yeah. I mean, and he'll as probably that. be better. I mean, we know where he is in his career, and this is a, a learning experience well, for him. It, to me, it's just it, it's he hasn't faced a guy that can come and shoot the puck like Neil. I mean, those were great shots by James Neal, absolute bullets. And we, I, it looked like he was a little surprised, a little caught off guard, especially the the first long range one. I think was at the second goal of the game. Uh, I have, in the press box didn't see him shooting there, so I think Brassois maybe was a little surprised by that. Got beat at the third goal. Again, probably should have had it, but another wonderful shot by James Neal. If you're a Nashville fan, you're saying it's a great goal. If you're an Oilers fan, you're saying he probably should have stopped it. 3-2, the Predators win it. 780-496-0063. We'll go back to the phone lines. We have Brian standing by. Brian, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, how's it going, guys? We're doing great. That's great. Uh, I just want to apply to that uh, armchair coach, Nick, and he needs to give his head a shake. That's the last thing the Oilers need to do is question coaching because I think McClellan's been a really well-needed uh, piece of the puzzle, and I'm excited for the offseason to see what him and Shirelli do. Well, I mean, look, I mean, he, Nick, can, anybody can call in and say whatever, whatever they want, and I think when it comes to the power play, Brian, you can you can probably pick at some of the coaching. I mean, that's the nature. I mean, I didn't like everything the Eskimos coaching staff did this season, and they won the Great Cup. But uh, but I do think McClellan has experience. I think that's important. Um, you know, I think he commanded a lot of respect from the players at the beginning of the season just because they know who he is and what his teams had played like in the past. And he's been self-critical at, at times throughout the throughout the season uh, the season as well. No, exactly, and I love seeing he'll uh, discipline the players on the bench, but then also critique and help them grow, which is really good to see. And another thing I love seeing is like the end of the game and in the game where when it started getting chippy, all the guys came in to help defend everyone, which was 
sorely, sorely missed, I feel, in the previous years. Yeah, you're right, and that's something that we've talked about on our show afterwards, and a lot of fans have called in and talked about it and, and complained about it, that uh, once a scrum started, there'd be one oiler standing by himself and everyone would turn away. It, it's not like that now. I, I think they've brought in some players that are grittier, and I think that's rubbed off on the skilled players. I mean, at the end, it was Nugent Hopkins was in there, Drysidle Hall was in it. That's, that's what they need, and it, it's, it bonds them. It makes them stronger together, and it, it makes the Oilers a little tougher to play against. And what we saw in the last road trip when the Oilers were winning hockey games, they were a gritty hockey club. And it's very seldom, very, very seldom in the last five, six years have we been able to say that the Oilers played a gritty hockey game. Brian, thanks for calling. 780-496-0063. Just some other quick stats from tonight's game. The Oilers 52% in the face-off circle. Connor McDavid took 20 face-offs. He won 10. Nugent Hopkins had a rough night, only two for eight. Leon Dreisaitl. 13 out of 16 in the dot tonight. So uh, he was big for the Oilers. He was also the game's third star. We'll make him the home ice hero for ATB Financial. Know someone whose quiet hard work makes hockey happen in your community. Nominate them for ATB's Home Ice Hero Award at atb.com slash home ice. We've got Todd McClellan coming up in a couple minutes here, but first I want to get Aiden in on the line. Aiden, thanks a lot um, for hi. calling. I was just wanted to talk about how, like, just the Oilers, like, when the puck gets carried behind the net and they're down 3-2 let's say like today in the third period and there's 13 minutes left it's like they like to wait in front of the net for the guy to make a move when they really should be attacking like I understand that could put them out of position but it it just gets the play going so that they can possibly get a turnaround it's just a momentum killer really well you know what I, I know which ones you're talking about but if any of the Oiler players would have went behind the net chasing, then the other player would have come out the opposite side and they would have had numbers. And then you would have been chasing and all of a sudden the Oilers would have been out of position and they would have allowed a better offensive chance for the Nashville Predators. I, I know that when you're losing, you want the, the clock to stop or to slow down and you don't want that guy wasting time. But the, the Nashville Predator, he's hoping, he's praying that an Oiler will come behind the net and chase him because he'll use the net as kind of a guard. He'll take off, and all of a sudden the Oilers are in trouble because now it's a five-on-four. So uh, you'll never, very rarely will you see a player chase behind the net, and if he does, he's usually going to get in trouble from the coach when he gets back to the bench. Aiden, thanks for calling. 780-496-0063. The Oilers fall 3-2 to the Predators. James Neal, a hat trick for the visitors. Let's go for some more post-game reaction to the coaches' room for GCL Diesel. For all things Diesel, here's Todd McClellan. Um, it was much better than it was last game. We played a smarter game. We didn't give up outnumbered rushes. We were uh, better structurally. Um, so there's a lot of improvements as far as that goes, but I, I don't like looking at it that way because we were so bad in that last one that that's not the norm. That's not not where we should be. So uh, we're back to uh, to playing decent hockey tonight. You know, unfortunately we didn't come away with the win, but we did some good things. A couple uh, shots we'd probably like to have back, and a couple chances around the net we'd like to have back at the other end. Goals, goals they, they scored right after you did. It was similar to Columbus. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit, you know. We actually uh, we scored. <coughs> pardon me. We scored and then uh, won the draw. Got in on the forecheck, played in their end a little bit, and it came out. And we're a little bit soft on uh, on gap and coverage there. And then um, you know, LB's taking his first kick through the league, and you've got Ovechkin, Neal, Sagan, Couture, guys that that can really release the puck. 
and uh, he's got to figure that out. They'll shoot from anywhere, and they'll shoot it awfully quick, and um, he'll get better. What was the reaction like on the, on the bench time when they got those two quick replies? Uh, better than it has been. Actually, the guys said the things they needed to say. I thought we went back out and reestablished our game. Um, it, Chicago Blackhawks, LA Kings, five, six Stanley Cups, whatever they have, they have ebbs and flows within their games too. And uh, we're not going to be perfect. We're going to have those bumps. And uh, so we're, uh, we're trying to grow as a team and grow up as a team. Excuse me. They usually come in pairs, don't they? So we're trying to grow up as a team. And, and that's, um, I thought tonight we had a much better and more appropriate response to uh, the quick goals than we did in Columbus or uh, even San Jose a minute into the game where we let one in. So I think part of that's trying to play for LB as well. Todd, you're not a fan of discussing individual players, generally speaking, but did you feel like Pacarinen responded well to his elevation in the lineup and Yakupov seemed to play his way into some elevated minutes toward the end of the game as well? Yeah, um, I thought Pac had a good night. I expected that from him, and he's, he's excited about getting the chance there. I thought he played a simple, hard game, complimented the other two. And uh, Yak, as the game went on, we're looking for more offense. and. Um, you know, giving him the chance to, to play with different guys. And he gets to play with Nuge right now, and that's, I'd take that if I was uh, a player. Um, he's a hell of a, a centerman, so hopefully they get a little chemistry going here and he gets a chance to score. When Connor McDavid is lining up against Yossi and Weber, is that just a testament to how good he is? Yeah, you know, they are. Um, that's a tremendous pair when you think about it. When you take Weber and Yossi, and you can come back with Ekholm and Ellis, and uh, you know that's four that they can play almost the whole night, and they do. So Connor lines up against them, and he comes off tired, and Leon goes and looks up, and they're six and and uh, 59 again. Um, they're that good. They have that ability to play that many minutes, and um, they have experience. And um, you know, for us to get to where we want to go, we have to find a couple players like that or develop them. And uh, over time. They'll have the ability to play 28, 29 minutes a night, and there'll be some young kid playing on another team looking up and going, oh, I have to play against those Edmonton guys, but we're not there right now. All right, that is head coach Todd McClellan. The Oilers fall 3-2 to the Nashville Predators. Next on the phone lines after the break here, uh, we're going to bring in Travis. We're also looking for a finish-the-play contestant. It won't be a freebie tonight, Rob. No, they're going to have to work for it. Hey, before we go to commercial... Yes. I got to give a shout out to, I'm a skills coach for the Northern Alberta Extreme. They won the Canadian Sports School Hockey League Championship this weekend. So good job to Tyrell and the boys. Great coaching. <laughs> Fantastic coaching. I do very little, just little skill stuff, but I have lots of fun. 780-496-0063. Predators beat the Oilers 3-2. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Slid it over to Dreisaitl, and Arvidsson was able to break that one up. Ahead to Colin Wilson, in over the line right wing. One-timer ripped on net, a save made by Brassois against Calla Yarncroke, who just smoked that one. Brassois able to make the save and keep it a 2-2 tie. Laurent Francois, 22 stops tonight. That's your save of the game for Armour Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. Unfortunately, he takes the loss. The Predators beat the Oilers 
2. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. You can reach us at 780-496-0063. We have Travis standing by. Hey, Travis, thanks hey. a lot for calling. What's on your mind? Hey, good uh, good to hear your voice. I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, and uh, 630 Chad is part of my favorite part of the Oilers team. So just uh, glad to, I wanted to hear that Todd McClellan clip regarding chemistry because that's what I was curious is – all of us want to win. I think everyone's on the same page. Behind the bench, there's talent above and beyond the ice. So my question is how camaraderie off the ice affects performance on the ice. Oh, I, I think it affects it huge. I, I think that uh, teams that win generally like each other better. Now, obviously, winning breeds happiness, and it's, the teams are much happier together, and there's, they get along a lot better. Uh, but, yeah, I think if, if a team enjoys coming to the rink and being together, it will show on the ice. Now, having said that, there's a lot of teams that have won championships that with one or two players or three players on the team that are maybe outside of the core group. Hated each other. Well, maybe not as well liked. <laughs> there's always going to be players like that. But generally speaking, uh, teams that are, are consistently... Uh, good hockey clubs, consistent winning hockey clubs, are teams that usually get along both on and off the ice better than most. And that's what I was curious on. And thank you for the, the sincerity. I knew that you'd be the, get, the best guys to ask, so thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling, Travis. We appreciate it. 3-2 Predators over Oilers tonight. Tell you what, Rob, Chris, who's up next on the phone lines, has already won 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. Nice. That's sure. enough to take all three of us there, I believe. Chris, how does that sound? Hello? Yeah, Chris, how are you doing? Sorry, good, thank you. Yeah, you won 50 bucks to Pettahut Express. You're going to finish the play with us. Do you have a thought or a question about the game? Uh, well, I I had to go to a meeting, and we couldn't have a radio in there, so I missed probably half of it. But that's awful. What, that's going to be a little bit to, of a challenge. Do you want me to talk to the people at the meeting? So, uh, sorry? Do you want me to talk to the people at the meeting so next game uh, there's a radio there? That might be a good idea. <laughs> Tell you what, let's finish the play. If you get this right, you qualify for the grand prize draw. $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. Here we go. And his team has given up four, but a steal by McDavid. Walks in. What time? Okay. He, so you didn't see the first half of the game? Uh, I saw the first period for sure. Oh, okay. A little bit well, second. then you should be able to get this one. Goal or no goal? Uh, I'd say that one is... McDavid did get an assist. Yeah, uh, I would say that's no goal. No, no, no. Or, or if you had another choice, what would you say? I'd say it's a goal. And his team has given up four, but a steal by McDavid walks in. What timer score? And right on cue, Jordan Eberle looks to change that. Chris, good job. We really are. Well, you really are too nice to people on finish the play. Well, I, I didn't say which other choice to make. <laughs> There's only two. <laughs> if you had it, it's not four. So you got to be smart enough a, to know it's one of the two. It's not a four-choice, multiple choice. He sounded like an, it was totally, the poor guy's working yeah, tonight. I mean, late at night, he's working. That's awful. He deserves he deserves a little yeah. extra. People who work evenings deserve more. Exactly, more, we do more from society. In, we certainly in, do in general. All right, <laughs> Predators beat the Oilers three-two. James Neal, huge night, three goals. He's up to twenty-six on the season. He's courtesy Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Anytime uh, a team scores and the other team comes right back in, uh, and gets one, it kind of, you know, it, it deflates you a little bit. It's it, you get that surge of momentum when you when you score and, and you're feeling good, and then the other team buries one. It kind of takes you down a little bit. But so that was uh, uh, that that felt good to um, you know to get that one. Was it wasn't a hat trick. 
wasn't a hat trick on bobblehead night, but I mean, uh, just given team streak ending in Vancouver, how big was that for you? Uh, yeah, like I said, I think, uh, you know, as a line, I thought we could have been better in Vancouver. Um, you know, we kind of let that game slip away. We didn't play our best hockey in the first, and uh, then we were chasing it. So tonight, uh, um, wanted to be better, and, and we were. Yeah, uh, something we've we talked about and looked at in our in our schedule uh, coming off the um, All Star break, so uh, we knew uh, what we were in for. Every game's going to be tough down the stretch, like coming into this building and. You know, playing against McDavid and Eberle and Hall and, and Leon and all those guys, those guys are highly skilled players and, uh, you know, they're going to be tough on you all night. So uh, I thought we did a, a good job of staying on the right side of the puck and um, got some timely goals and uh, managed to get a big win. There's a period of time early in the season where the forward group has a goal on this team is near the bottom of the league in terms of goal scoring. But over the stretch of, that began with the point streak in February, it seems the forwards have really amped it up. Where do you see the improvement? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, throughout the the start of the year, uh, you know, guys were struggling a little bit to score, and, and as a team, we were struggling to create offense. And um, you know, it's tough to put a finger on what it was, but uh, you know, everyone came alive at, at the right time and, and when we needed everybody, and everyone stepped up. So uh, a little bit different than the, the year before when everyone came off hot and then we kind of dipped. So I like it a little better uh, this way around, and and, and getting uh, that confidence going into playoffs. So um, we'll continue to get better and. Uh, but I like the uh, direction our team is going in. That is James Neal, who gets three tonight, all three for the Predators, who beat the Oilers 3-2. It's 10-32, Terry Peranich, Real Estate Team, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Quick news break, then we're back. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team, overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 6:30, Chad. The Oilers with just one win in their last nine home games. The result tonight, Nashville 3, Edmonton 2. Have a tweet from Brendan who says, I like Yakupov's game tonight. What do you think? Uh, I thought Yakupov had a very, very strong first. I thought he tailed off in the second, and then I thought he was okay or, or just above okay in the third. Uh, I thought he, he was exceptional in the first. He was engaged. Uh, he was physical. He it was a pest out there. Uh, the second period, he, he, he struggled in his own zone. The one time he gave the puck away behind the net, gave the puck away on the boards, then flipped the puck away in the middle of the ice and gave the um, National Predators three opportunities. Uh, that that does not bode well for him. But then the third period, he got a little bit of gravy time playing in the top six. Uh, he didn't really generate a lot, and I don't know if that's on Yak or just uh, when they were out there, they didn't get the breaks that they needed. So uh, I thought Yak, yeah, he was good. And uh, the coaching staff will probably give him another shot either with Nugent Hopkins on a third-line guy or at least uh, will have him in the in their back of their mind that if things start to go sour and they need goals, that maybe move him up again next game. Yak plays 13.05 tonight. Quick look at the scoreboard here in the third. The Ducks hammering the Devils 7-1. Only a couple minutes left. The Flames outscore the Blues 7-4. Blues are here on Wednesday the Kings win 5-0 in Chicago. The Jets win 5-2 in Vancouver. And the Islanders come from behind in the third to beat the Panthers 3-2. 780-496-0063. We have Dan standing by. Dan, thank you for calling. 
How's it going? First time caller, long time listener. Thank you. Love you guys. Um, Jordan Everly, you know, great guy, great finisher, perennial 60-point getter, um, complimentary winger. Guy has a ton of titles, but do you guys see him in the roster next year? Because I don't. Defensive liability, weak board play. Um, I can even argue that sometimes his body language is a bit lackluster. What do you guys think? Well, we, we've talked uh, a lot. At the beginning of the season, there was a lot of people talking about the Oilers need to, to move one of their, their main stars. And we said that we didn't believe anything would happen uh, throughout the season. We said at, as the season goes on, if the Oilers have a good year, that they'll build around them. But we also talked about the fact that if the Oilers struggled, especially struggled to the point where they were in the bottom three or four in the National Hockey League, something drastic would happen come off season. Well, that's what's happened this year. The Oilers are uh, way below everyone's expectations. They weren't going to be a playoff team, but nobody thought that they were going to be a bottom two, bottom three team again, and they're there. Uh, because of that, I believe Peter Shirelli is going to make a bold move in the offseason. Now, whether that is an Eberle or a Hall or a Nugent Hopkins or, or a Yakupov or something, he will make a bold move. Now, having said that, he's got to find a partner to make a deal. Uh, three of the four that I just mentioned have huge contracts, $6 million a year. So you've got to find someone that A, wants the player, and B, wants to pay him $6 million for the next four or five years or whatever they have left on their contract. If you're going to move one of the, the stars, I believe Taylor Hall gets you the most in return. And probably Jordan, of the th top three, Jordan Everly would bring the least back with Yakupov like trailing Hamannick. way behind. huh? Someone like Hamannick, right? Yeah, the, yeah, but you, right yeah I, I, he's, he's a player that I'm sure w the Oilers would love to have. But okay. the Islanders would want to ha want and need and be able to afford uh, whatever the Oilers are offering in return. Do I believe Jordan will be here next year? Uh, yeah, I actually, I do. I do think okay. he'll be here. But, okay. I mean, well, having said that, uh, there, there is going to, I do believe there will be a bold move. I just don't know who it'll be. Yeah, I'm not okay. so sure, I'm not so sure uh, Rob. I mean, I, I, I would, I'd be more inclined to say that, that Shirelli would move Everly. I mean, we yeah, can never I'm say for sure. Well, no, so it's, I, what, I, it's I, whether I, he will. It, you also got to find someone that's going to take that contract. Yeah, I don't well, I yeah. Know. yeah, so... Well, some teams could afford it. I mean, guys, yeah, afford, but also believe that he's a six million dollar player for the next four years. No, true. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The body language thing is something that comes up a lot. I think that is obviously tied into the fact that the Oilers fans have seen their team lose a whole bunch over the last ten years, especially the last seven, where they've been in the bottom three most of the time. I, I, I'm always curious how often that comes up. I, I know, you know, I've talked to, who was I talking to earlier? Was it Kelly Rudy I had on? I was a guest on Inside Sports who said, you know, you look at the good teams and you can look at their bench and you don't know whether they're up 4-1 or down 4-1. Mm -hmm. And certainly have being a controlled team that doesn't overreact emotionally is important. But I also know there are a heck of a lot of great athletes who have horrible body language and get angry, sometimes even when they're ahead or winning a game or a tournament. Tiger Woods. John McEnroe. Yep. I mean, you can, so it's, it's always Jimmy Connors, I mean, some of the greatest yeah, ever. Yeah, it's always an interesting, uh, Jordan Spieth even, who's still young, yep. was, you know, has had to overcome some, some of his reactions to, to bad shots and, and getting upset and stuff like that. And I mean, the, the thing is, 
Let, let me ask people this, just hypothetically. You can just answer it in your home or your car or wherever you are. If you don't like a player showing bad body language when things aren't going right, then shouldn't you conversely also criticize that player if he celebrates when making a good play? Well, and also think about, too, how, how often did we get phone calls about the lack of emotion of a Justin Schultz, who, when he made a bad play, showed no frustration. And that drove fans crazy, too. I, I have no problem with a player being showing frustration. Uh, you, you see it all the time. Guy, I, will, I think it was Al McInnes came off and injured one of the players on his own bench because he slammed his stick across the bench and got a guy's hand. And, and, and I can't remember if he broke the guy's hand or something along that line. All the best players get frustrated. Go back and watch uh, videos of Gretzky when he was not happy with a referee call or he was not happy with a play that happened, how frustrated and mad he got. It's how they respond after they get mad. Some players need to let off steam to allow them to get back and regulated. It's when they carry it over. When, when, something, bad, when something bad affects them, they get frustrated, and they carry it over for the remainder of the game. Now that is uh, cancerous to a hockey club. But if you go, if Tiger Woods is the best example, he will get mad. He will slam his putter down on the ground, or he'll slam his driver. By the time he gets to his next shot, he's refocused, and he's back in the moment. And I think that's what the great ones do. They get the frustration out so it doesn't cloud their next shift, their next shot, their next uh, throw, anything like that, and they get back on track. And here you're going to see more frustration than you will see in Chicago, then you will see in L.A., then you will see in St. Louis, because more frustrating things happen when you're a team that's in the bottom three in the league. Our adjustment of the game is for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Well, there was some line shuffling coming into this game and a lot of talk about it. One of the lines that was shuffled was having Pat Rainen move up in the lineup playing with Dreisaitl and Hall. He responded by having a strong game. Coach talked about it after the game. North-South type player, created havoc, went hard to the net, and was rewarded with a goal on a nice little pass by Leon Dreisettel. All right, the Predators win it 3-2. Their head coach is Peter Laviolette, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. I mean, every point right now. You know, the road trips are big, though, because you're on the road. It's a little more difficult. You know, you're traveling from city to city and back-to-back -back games in there. So it was, a, it was an important road trip just to try to keep moving up the standing. So I thought our guys played really hard tonight. James, on the note of James's hat trick, I know that there was a point earlier this season where the forward group was near the bottom of the league in terms of production combined. But it seems over the last month since the point streak began, it seems like the forwards have really amped it up. Have you seen anything different in that regard about the production coming from your forward group? Well, I mean, they're, they're you know, they're falling for him. You know, James had some nice shots tonight. He's been pretty steady all year. Phillips really gotten hot in the second part here, but other guys are starting to contribute too. Kelly Yarncroft's on the sheet a couple times tonight. Uh, Ribby's been consistent, so we're starting to get uh, scoring from different lines and on a more consistent basis from the forwards. That obviously is going to help with the outcome. Both times you guys responded pretty quickly after they scored. Yeah. I guess. What does that do? Just to kill the well, momentum? I don't know. It's, it was big to kill the momentum. You know, especially the second time you come out and start the period like that, and you kick one up and come right back down and even it up. So that was really important, I thought. Barrett gets back in the line yeah. tonight. How do you think he played? No, he played really well. Really well. He was steady. He was moved the puck quick. He was physical, defended well. He did a good job. Thank you. Go ahead. Yeah, because how he sees it so far, what, what, uh, he seems to get more important ice time. Yeah, he's great. He, he does get important ice time because he plays hard. He's a responsible player. I can put him out there to end the game like I did tonight. And, 
Um, you know, he blocks shots, he gets pucks out, he's physical, so he does the right things out there. Thank you, guys. All right, Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room. Predators beat the Oilers 3-2, five total goals, but we need the Oilers to get five for us to turn on the Japanese Village goal light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. When the Oilers do get five, you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, downtown, south side, and north side. Quick timeout. We will get to Rocket on the phone line. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Ferranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Thanks for tuning in tonight. It's 10.50 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. 3-2, the Predators beat the Oilers tonight. Neal with all three for the Predators. Eberle and Pacarinen scored for the Oilers. Brassois takes the loss. Rene gets the win. We have Rocket on the line. Rocket, thanks for giving us a ring, man. Go ahead. Hey, Reed, Rob, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, Rob, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> what, Kellen, do we still have him? Maybe he was just saying sorry because he, he was leaving. Sorry, got to go. All right, Rocket, see you later. Okay, I guess unfortunately we lost, Rob. Well, that's what anyone disagrees. We just hang up on him right away. <laughs> he was going to say something, bang, gone. Uh, Rocket, you can call back. In the meantime, let's hear from, do we have him, Kellen? Okay, Rocket, try that again. Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, okay, we got you this time. Try again. Oh, good. Perfect. Okay, so, Rob, sorry to say, but uh, I agree with you often, but I disagree with you this time. Reed is absolutely 100% correct. And whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't think care we're going to trade can't be true. It can't be true that Reed's 100% <laughs> and I'm wrong. 120%, Rob. On which I'm one telling you right now, there's no arguing this fact. I agree with you often. I do. I, I, I totally respect your opinion, but in this case, you are dead wrong. Uh, on which one? We are going to trade Everly. Okay. I agree with Reed 110% on that. Well, well I mean, I. Who we get? It wouldn't uh, shock and honestly, it wouldn't shock me if they did. I was asked if I thought they would. I don't think they will. For a simple reason, I think they get more for Taylor Hall. They get more for Nugent Hopkins. And you've got to find a suitor that not only has something we want, that wants Jordan Everly and wants him at the price that he's paying. That's why I thought if you're gonna if you want to make a big splash, if you want something huge coming back, I don't think Jordan Everly is gonna get you as much as you would out of the other two. And Yakupov will be gone too. Well, I, I believe oh, that. That's absolutely. that's for sure. Yeah, that's absolutely. So there's there's two guys like in the last you know four or five years that were you know we were pretty high on, right? So. Well, I think we were a lot higher on Jordan. I think Yakupov well, has struggled for a number of years now. He he yeah, he has for sure, and and you know there's 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 those that think that. Um, He's still capable, and those that think he's a he's a complete write-off. Well, we're like, hoping that someone like around I the National Hockey League thinks he's like still I capable. Your opinion is Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Rocket, it's always good to hear from you, man. Maybe I'll talk to you on Inside Sports tomorrow. Cheers. Okay, we got Connor McDavid standing by as well. Oilers lose three two to the Preds. Well, Connor, um, compared to uh, the effort I guess against Arizona, did you feel like you know your team had a better response tonight despite the the result? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, we definitely played a lot better tonight, but um, we'll come up a little bit short. I think uh, we got to start changing the ending. Well, you guys did have two leads in that game. Um, tough to give up the lead, I guess, so quickly after scoring those goal-ahead goals. Yeah, that's a couple times, a couple games in a row, or not a couple games in a row, but 
Um, you know, we've been we've been giving up goals you know, right after we've been scoring, and um, you know, the next two minutes after you get a goal, it's it's very important to you know continue your momentum. And um, so yeah, it's frustrating, but you know, yeah. Ryan was talking about how maybe in the past when you guys would give up a goal, uh, it was sort of deflate you guys. Did you feel like there was any deflation after you know they tied those games, or do you guys feel like you guys are able to push back? Well, we kept going. Um, you know, it's hard to give up a, a goal, um, you know, early in the third when you're tied like that. But um, you know, I thought the guys did a good job of responding, and uh, I know we stuck with it and had a couple chances. And um, yeah. it seemed like a, a chippy game overall. I know at the end there, you were in a bit of a mix-up there. I think it was with Ekholm. Um, did it seem like a chippy game? No, I think uh, as as teams get closer to the playoffs, I think that's just how they, how everyone starts playing. So. Um, I always thought it was a, a you know, fairly clean game, just a hard game. Read that's Connor McDavid. All right, thanks, Brendan Ulrich, work in the Oilers dressing room. McDavid with an assist. He now has 36 points in 35 games this season. The Oilers are going to do it again Wednesday night against the Blues. Six o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 7:30. The Blues are playoff bound, and at this moment, exactly, extremely unhappy. Yeah, it's a team that you do not want to play when they're unhappy. Ken Kitchcock will have them pumped and ready to go. He will not be a very fun man to be around for the next 48 hours. It should be a good game for those. They will be tested against the St. Louis Blues. Blues lost 5-2 in Calgary tonight. It was 5-2 for the Flames after the second period. The Oilers struggling on home ice. Just one win in their last nine here at Rexall Place. The final this evening, James Neal, a hat-trick. Predators over the Oilers, 3-2. Our studio producer this evening has been Kellen Kennedy, the executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 630 Jet is Sid Smith. Rob, always a pleasure. It was fun. Let's uh, have a little bit more fun on Wednesday night. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We've been coming to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. This has been Terry Peranich Real Estate Team, Overtime Open Line. It's 10.56. I'll talk to you on Inside Sports tomorrow at 6.